The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast, powered by ASICS. I'm Brett McKay. Professional club and franchise rugby is behind us. We're on the eve of the international season and suddenly the Rugby World Cup is little more than two months away. Your place for the biggest and best international rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Wonderful to have Sean Maloney back on the pod last week for his third appearance, and it has rocketed up the charts again amongst our most listened to episodes as well. And it keeps us very much in place as the number one Australian podcast around the rugby world. And thanks again to wherever you're listening in from. Joining me this and every week, the man thankful that Twitter held off on self-destruction just long enough for him to find a 3,000th follower over the weekend, the Milestone Man, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How's it, Brett? I want to thank you for teaching me how to tweet. Um, also, I want to say, <laughs> and I know every time I listen to our actual pod, which is now powered by Essex, um, mm-hmm. the guy's voice, the Roar guy, that guy. Yeah. The Roar. Is that is that a real guy? Do you know it him? It is. I do. I've worked. Where did with you? Him, where did you find years. him? Uh, he's an he's a now he's, he's an ABC colleague of mine, um, a, a techo guy named Mark Gaggledonk. Um, and what? He's a, he's a fantastic voiceover, um, and he did that for me for the princely sum of a six pack of ale, dark ale at that. Nice. And does Gaggledonk, when he's just talking to you for like normal, does he say, "Let's get a meat pie, mate"? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's like um. He's like you know the you know the guy at the movies or, or used to remember on VHS tapes and it was like have you ever have you ever borrowed a video that wasn't quite right? You know, <laughs> always that that voice. Right. He's, he's got he's got the voiceover and then he's got his normal voice. Yeah. On a day but, when no one <laughs> believed. Yeah, like that guy. <laughs> that's him. Him. That's the one. That's the one. No, quick, quick, quick story. I will. I'll just give you a really quick story about Essex, which I always and we will get onto this in a very yeah. minute. Yes, carry on. Please do. I ran a marathon a long time ago. My life mm-hmm. was in shambles. I was crumbling. I had a black eye. I had a cut on my head. I'd made mistakes that were uh, I'm still paying for today. This is the redemption <laughs> story. I'm kind of building it up. And then, and then I was going to run this marathon. I was going to prove I was going to slay all my demons, my inner demons. And I had a target time of 3.50. And all my peeps were going to be there. My posse was going to be there at 3.50 to four, minute, four hours. And I, and I bought some ASICs. And they put a tiger in my tank. And I finished yeah. at three thirty-six, and I had no one there to greet me at the end, which was just perfect because I could sob in tears at my beautiful time. Essex, thank you all these years there later for saving you, my you, life. You shared you shared a picture on the socials over the weekend about this yeah. magnificent moment, and my first observation was that you ran that marathon so quick that you beat your beard over the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you didn't have it. Beard. You didn't have I it. Always grow a beard in about three days. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> about a week later, fair I had it back. I want to be we, aerodynamic. Fair enough. Fair enough. We are indeed powered by Asics, and the Roar is very pleased to announce a wonderful new partnership with Asics, the official performance apparel and footwear supplier of the Wallabies, and headlined by the brand new and outstanding new Rugby World Cup playing jersey that was launched in Sydney last week. As part of this really exciting partnership, um, launching on the Roar from this Thursday, in fact, is our quest to name the Roar's greatest ever Wallabies Rugby World Cup 15. And from a list of more than 150 players to have pulled on a Wallabies jersey at a Rugby World Cup. Jim Tucker and Christy Doran and myself have recorded a special podcast in which we've narrowed down that list 
to a short list of five options in every position, one to 15. Your job will then to be to head to the raw.com.au and make your selection for each position over the next the next few little months of the international season. It'll culminate in the naming of the Raw's greatest ever Wallabies Rugby World Cup 15, powered by ASICS, and that'll be unveiled a little later in the international season. And, of course, don't forget, the 2023 Wallabies Rugby World Cup jersey is all available for purchase in-store and online at asics.com.au from now. So all that said, mate, we're back to where we start most weeks. Hit me with a hero. What do you got? My hero is uh, going to be more sporting bodies. I'm going to praise cricket right now for uh, reminding <laughs> us of one of the most crucial Timely. principles in sport that I think we'll all be looking at in France in, in the World Cup for our sport is it ain't over till it's over. It ain't mm. over till the over is over. And if you're not going to walk when you should, one day you're going to walk when you shouldn't. So mm-hmm. I think all the crying about things uh, post-match and, uh, you know, every sport has intricate rules. Rugby is, is the prince of that. So that's mm-hmm. going to come down to small moments in the World Cup. So I want to praise cricket for standing by and resisting the baying of the mob of the MCC, cranberry, chino-clad boys in the, in the club uh, shouting at the Aussies. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, I really want to praise World Rugby or whoever the powers that be um, that came up with this North-South extravaganza. This is exciting. I don't know what to call it. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I like it because it's something new and different. We will come on to that. We will come on to this very shortly because it was the biggest news of the weekend in the rugby world. No, No question about that. Your zero for the week, and our wonderful new friends at ASICS are going to love this, but the zeros of the week is New Zealand rugby and Adidas. And we're going to get into some proper jersey talk a little bit later, but I can't help but wonder if the public reaction to the All Blacks Rugby World Cup jersey might actually force a late change because to say it went down like a lead balloon is the mother of all understatement. So I'm fascinated to see how that plays out. But, mate, let's get into a brand-new guest for this week. Uh, it's, the, it's one we've had an indirect link to over the last year or so, uh, and he's the perfect guest to help us get into the, the right gear for the Box and the Wallabies at Loftus this weekend coming. The Raw Rugby Podcast. We're firing up our English Midland studios once again, and from there it is a welcome debut on the Raw Rugby Podcast. He's one of many voices on the Rugby Bits Podcast, our pod mates in South Africa, but he always has his finger and also has his finger on the pulse for Planet Rugby. Jared Wright, welcome along, mate. Jared. Oh, thanks, guys. It's great to be here. Um, I, I do feel a bit under pressure coming off the back of uh, Sean and uh, Eddie Jones. So, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can, I can step <laughs> yeah. up to the mark on this one. <laughs> yeah, Shawnee said, uh, said last week that he was going to struggle. Um, and, he, uh, and he actually feared. He even sent me a message the next day saying, I hope this hasn't bombed too much, but he is <laughs> flying along up the chart. So I'm sure I'm sure you'll be fine. I must congratulate you, mate. Um, our friends at ASICS will be loving your choice of Springbok jersey there. Well played. Yeah, let's all pose right here. Stand up straight. Oh, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a sick, go. sick, sick jersey on today. Very good. Very good. Uh, we yeah, are going I, to get I, into I, 
I, I thought I'm coming on an Australian podcast. So I have to represent a little bit, and uh, it just happens to be Essex. So, so they'll be. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be glad with that. <laughs> they'll be very, very happy uh, that we bonus is coming our way. I'm sure we're going to get into some jersey chat later, and that we've obviously got a fair bit to talk to between the three of us because you know, look what we're wearing, and you'll see the pictures of this online. But mate, it is the week leading into the first matches of the rugby championship. Is this one of your favourite weeks of the season? Oh, it's, it's always great to have uh, international rugby back and uh, the first test for a Springbok fan or a Wallabies fan or any rugby fan, that, that first test of the year always hits a bit different. So uh, the rugby championship is always special, but uh, I think that first first international of the year, waiting for the team announcements, uh, you yeah. know who's in the squad now. And yeah, I, I, I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And the anticipation is more, mate, when you had a new coach arrive in January too, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We start in the same place every week, the same question we ask every week, and that is to simply say, ask what stood out for you in the rugby world on the weekend? And admittedly, this is going to be difficult to answer this week because we all had a rugby-free weekend pretty much. So (laughs) I'm curious to see what you're going to come up with here. Yeah, well, uh, I, I did see that Mon Onu hit over a drop goal in uh, the major he league did. rugby semifinals. So, yeah, there was a little bit of action. So it's quite cool to see a 41-year-old still bossing it, um, even yeah. if it uh, <laughs> is, is the old rival and somebody that Springbok fans are glad isn't in a all-black jersey anymore. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, you, t- you touched on it a bit earlier, but the news of this uh, new world league or... Is is nation's cup is pretty much uh, the big standout for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. What did you see, Harry? What did you like on the weekend? I mean, just the brimming of the uh, the rivalry between Wallabies and Springboks, which mm. I've always believed is a very strange mm. rivalry for South Africans. What we always say is, you know, we we can see what we can do. We play the All Blacks, and we always get found out as what we cannot do when we play the Wallabies. The Wallabies show us what's wrong with us. Mm. Uh, it's because they play an awkward way. They do things that violate mm. rugby doctrines, uh, and then it, it works. It pulls. They pull it off because they're unorthodox. I mean, you know, they stump you when you're walking around. So um, the Wallabies are very tricky, and I think Eddie Jones brings that exact right kind of mentality, which is that we're going to pull uh, something out of the hat. So I think it's kind of fun to hear people talking about it. Quade Cooper is, you know, extolling the virtues. I'm so happy to be back. Yeah. He's doing his thing. Everyone's just. It's not. It's not a bitter rivalry. But I will say this, is they played 93 times now. I think it's 49-40 with three uh, draws and 92 times. So it's actually who's, a proper rivalry. And, whose favorite hmm. is it? By the way? I, I don't actually know whose favorite is. South Africa, but when you actually tease out the stats, it's only because they played more in South Africa than in Australia. It's a home yeah. and away rivalry. Yeah. Loftus mm. is is a big knot for it's a It's a maiden duck for uh, Aussie. So it's a big yeah. thing there. And Eddie would love that. You can tell he would love that. Um, but I think just the... Kind of the rekindling of that rivalry is nice because it's always been a little bit strange. But the last time they played, let us remind everyone, there was that was a very ill-tempered game that was in the Lions Stadium. And it was like fights, it real fights. And it was, was crazy eyes. Yeah. That was that was the night, and I don't think I've ever had to say this before in my in my certainly not in my rugby covering career, but that was the night that I genuinely feared for Alan Alalato's life. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have flashed before his eyes when even it's Beth got a little bit mad there, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was crazy. We will get on to all this in the moment. What stood out for me is the classic old Saturday night media release, and we've touched on it. The Sansar Six Nations announcement regarding this mooted Nations Championship or whatever we're going to call it. 
came out at 6 p.m. on Saturday night, Australian time, and I'm quite sure that wasn't by accident. It's a classic case of when can we release this news that it doesn't provoke controversy, it's not going to make the evening news, 6 o'clock Saturday night is about as cynical as it gets, um, and I'd say that having spent a lot of time in a newsroom in my life. But what do we make of the plan? Uh, on the face of it, the, sand, the four Sanzar nations, the six nations, have come together to make a new 12-team international competition to occupy the July and November windows, playing every two years, so non-World Cup years, non-rugby of British and Irish Lions two years, and it's all, all from 2026, obviously, after the Lions tour next year. Um, and... I mean, what what do we make of it? I don't even know how we where we start on this, Jared. What was your reaction when you saw this? Yeah, my my initial reaction was, uh, and I think a lot of people picked up on it too, is that it's just detrimental to tier two nations. Yeah, and you look at a team like Georgia and what they've done recently, and this is just sort of spitting in their face a little bit because um, it's ring fenced until twenty thirty, and they won't yeah. get any games against any. Six Nations teams or rugby championship teams until, yeah, yeah, after the next World Cup. So I think for them it's 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 terrible, and yeah, I think there is, uh, it, it does create a little bit of competition for the East July and November internationals. But generally, I think that they were pretty competitive to start off with. There's always mm. a fierceness in them. So well, was it really necessary? I don't know. I, 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 we don't get to see all the numbers behind uh, how much money is being made with these uh, tournaments and that kind of thing. So, yeah, overall, I think uh, the general consensus and how I initially felt is that it's quite negative and it's making mm. the 10 richest nations even more richer and it's making the nations below that poorer. Yeah, it's a fair point, Harry. And I think that was everyone's initial thoughts as well because here is... It, it looks and feels, and in, and in a vacuum of more details, because there aren't any at the moment, it feels like the Six Nations and the Sanzar Nations have taken over the plan that, that the world, world Rugby had been pushing and trying to push for five years, probably, and now all of a sudden they've gone, oh, yeah, we'll just run with that, and they're going to own yeah. it. Yeah, I know. I mean, every time you bring in something new, there's going to be a lot of big wins and big lose mm. losses. But it looks like t this is like a Welsh preservation uh, plan where you have Wales look staring into <laughs> the abyss. And uh, this does definitely, it's a big win for Wales because you yeah. would say that Georgia and the other teams are nipping at the heels, Japan. And so why is, you know, why is Wales uh, special? And then the next mm. thing is, I think Scotland was looking into the abyss too. They have generational players. What happens when they're 35, 36? Are yeah. they staring at the same problem as Wales? So I think you can see that as a clever North Hemis Northern Hemisphere, uh, same old, same old home nations pr protecting themselves. That's the bad side. And maybe the other bad side is I think it relegates almost every other match between nations into a friendly status, but for real friendly. Exactly. We were always very different from soccer in that we didn't have actual friendlies. I mean, mm, everything yeah. was un unfriendly, bitter rivalry, you know, played in a good spirit and all that. But um, but now I think you'd have basically the big tournaments and that's it. You'd have your Six mm. Nations, your Rugby Championship, your World Cup, your Lions Tours, and then everything and then everything else will be housed in this thing. Yeah. The good side I like is it settles once and for all this, this, uh, this whining, whinging uh, 
bleating stuff from the northern hemisphere about yeah. how we never really square up when we're fresh and you're not fresh yeah. and this and that and you win the world cups all and over because of this and that i just want to see straight up good stats head to head uh better athletes uh better players mm. they got the better coaches but then who wins i like it yeah yeah it, it will it will be interesting to see, to see the more details when it comes through because it feels like to me that the 10 teams have just absolutely gazumped world rugby in this and and I wonder if world rugby are now sitting back going we are going to lose an absolute fortune on this because if the 10 nations <laughs> are going to have full ownership and full control about it they'll they'll, they'll decide who how it's going to be run who plays and all the fine print that's involved in it and importantly they're the ones that are going to make all the money and so as you say Jared it, it means that the, the top tier will just get topper mm. Yeah, it will almost create a, another level to to that tier one mm. and tier two status. It will almost be tier one and a straight drop to tier three, and that's yeah. that's where teams mm. like Georgia and yeah, we, we're speaking about well, these two some, some are in Tonga as well, who mm. are who are now that's, just starting to get players yeah. back through this new eligibility change. Mm. They're not going to have that chance now. I mean, uh, Fiji's uh, sort of looked as the favoured child out of the Pacific and Nations, we'll, and we'll come and, to that, yeah. And and who's the Pacific Nations Cup winners at the moment? It's it's Samoa. It's it's yeah. not Fiji. So, yeah, they they could argue that they better off, they better suited to be contending for it. But uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, we're going to have to wait and see how, how they plan to pull it out yeah. and. I mean, you also have to question what what it, does a World Cup mean if we're doing this every two years? Um, yes, and 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 I do like the train of thought that this potentially lessens the impact and and lessens the the cycle. four year cycle yeah. of a mm. of a rugby World Cup. It means that there is now going to be something at play every year in between. If you think about Lions tours in there as well, so I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. So ten teams, we know. Two teams will be invited, and it will be a full and fair, transmit, transparent process. I'm sure it will be, and it will absolutely end up naming Japan and Fiji. Is yeah. there? Do we honestly think it's going to be anyone else? No, I, I can't see it being anyone else. I mean, uh, it probably should be America, uh, considering they're having mm -hmm. the World Cup after Australia. But uh, yeah, that, after all the investment World Rugby's put into America, and now they're not going to play any tier one sides until. At the year before the, uh, they the host the World Cup gonna, exactly. World, host yeah. World Cup, yeah. yeah, yeah. There is there is a whisper that the US actually is that one instead of Fiji, and uh, not not because of anything other than money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll we will see on that. I mean, it will be interesting to see how it does work, and I'll be fascinated to see just how ring fenced it is. My initial thought on Saturday night was, I bet the ten owners aren't in line for for relegation. I, yeah. I bet it's going to be the, the the two, and I'll I'll happily concede. No, I think I think you're, I think you're I think you're right because I think this is a Welsh yeah. preservation plan, and it's yeah. it's Wales, <laughs> Scotland going weak. What if, what if? And the what ifs are very yeah. stark. If you look at Wales in the, the last two years, it's been literally like that thing could just implode. Then you mm. also look at the English league system and how that financial thing has gone mm. uh, into the toilet. And you can see that they were thinking, we have to do something now before it gets done to yeah. us. Yeah. The other thing I think about this, Jared, is I think this is just, I think this has got private equity screaming all over it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I saw your tweet about that. I, I think you're spot on about that. It it definitely is. Uh, what's it? CVC. Um, they yeah, got CVC, their fingers. Silver Lake, whoever. Yeah. Or they've got their fingers all over this. It's it's yeah. almost guaranteed. You operate in the um in, in the areas of high stakes and high finance, Harry. It was you. Are you of, are you of similar thoughts? <laughs> Look, guys, this is coming anyway. I mean, we we yeah. it's like there's a lot of people who yeah. have heads and sands about private equity. Private equity views our sport as an attractive target. It's fine trying to find a way in. It's a very difficult sport to understand because it's really kind of amateur, professional, mm. professional amateur, and a lot of our unions are still controlled by old boys with blazers, but they it's coming and uh, mm. when the all blacks mm. when the all blacks did what they did you knew that it was just a matter of time before everyone else mm. was scrambling for their deals i yeah. think the key is to to have structures and i mean i'm kind of glad that sansar exists because i didn't know what it even was before this weekend <laughs> finally they did something sansar <laughs> yeah you know like, you know what sansar are good at <laughs> they they love a joint pre- a joint media release yeah sansar. they absolutely love it who is that? Uh, like, I think I think they just secret chamber. Or what's happening? There's, <laughs> I've said this a few times. Sansar is a very small office in Bondi Junction, in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. That that, at my absolute <laughs> best guest has less than ten people in it. It might not even be that many, mm. and we hear from them maybe once a month. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe. Anyway, you've mentioned it there before, Jared. How much do we think this will set back? The, the, the tier two countries and, and and we are talking georgia samoa tonga you know fiji if they don't come in but it's also you know obviously portugal and spain have got have got uh, have got mm. ambitions um you know namibia has played at rugby world cups yeah well it's it sort of sends uh sets them back about 10 years if you if you look mm. at it that way there's there's teams like uruguay and that have yeah. been developing their under twenties yeah. um, since the last rugby World Cup cycle, so now they're getting set back and t- been basically being told you're only getting your promotion relegation in 2031. So effectively, you know, 12 years they're getting pushed back. That's a whole generation of talent that's sort of been told, okay, no, you're not going to play any tier one t- uh, test teams unless it's at a rugby World Cup, and then you have your one shot or two shots outside of that mm. at most. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think it's detrimental to some of those teams. Mm. And, uh, yeah, a lot of the Tier 2 nations are also um, hurting from the change in eligibility rules. Samoa mm. and Tonga were great beneficiaries of that, but teams like Argentina, Uruguay, um, I think Romania, no, Romania is not one of them, but there are a few of the Chile's one of them that uh, they don't yeah. uh, bring players back at all. They are they lo- they're in. losing players the other way? No, 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 no. Uh, they getting hampered because uh, a team like Tonga can bring in a whole lot of All Blacks and bump yeah, up their but, team yeah, while true. they building through the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So they get in that international experience that yeah. hurts them. The, the other devil that will be in the detail, and, and we don't know too much about it other than, you know, a dot point in a, in a media release, Harry, mm-hmm. is that the Tier 2 teams will play a secondary competition and they'll just play that for, for four years where ultimately they'll be trying to fight for, for promotion. And that's obviously where the stakes are going to be high for Georgia and the Pacific Island teams. Yeah. But you only get better by playing people better than you. It's the same in yeah. every sport, right? Mm. So to Jared's point, and I just want to make an announcement powered by ASICS right now. I've changed my mind. 
I'm against the north-south extravaganza. <laughs> I see it as an elitist plot. To uh, hands will have have more, and the have not will have even less not. We need I to hit have the record button 25 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, a, it's a sinister plot to uh, to put down the up and comers. I hate it. Rugby on the raw. Jared Springboks v Wallabies at Loftus Versfeld in Pretoria this weekend. Uh, can't like generally can't wait for it. I hate the time frame. It's like it's one a.m. for me. We're going to do an instant reaction podcast after it, and it's going to be. <laughs> I'm gonna be trying to go back to sleep at 4 a.m. It's gonna be it's Sunday's a write-off for me already. So, you know, I'm so I'm family, if you're listening, I'm not gonna be great on Sunday. But what are we thinking? What are we looking forward to? Um, you've done what I think is actually be a pretty good prediction of the Springbok side that we'll see named later this week. Um, what have you made of it all so far? Yeah, uh- I, I think uh, the Springboks are pretty much doing a little bit of like some fringe testing, seeing if guys yep. can push their way into the squad uh, and also giving certain players rest. Um, it sounds mad to say that ahead of the first uh, test match of the year, but <laughs> some of these guys have been going uh, for two years flat out. Since yeah, the, true. Since the last Lions tour. I mean, someone like Damien Dallander has played every single test match pretty much for the Springboks. So, yeah, I, I think the, it looks like they're changing it up a bit, giving some guys some chances, but without naming a B team, which I think is is great and it's something uh, fans have got very yeah. frustrated with. Uh, like our second test against Wales, where it was a full on B team, this yes. team is is more of a of a mix and a team that can really put up a fight against Australia. And I, I think Eddie's going to be coming here with a. He's throwing everything at it. Smash and grab, we've been saying all the time. Smash, <laughs> smash and grab. Smash and grab's so, been his theme. It, it, it's been smart, Harry, because, um, and we've even talked about it the last few weeks, that whereas whereas when we heard that Jacques Nibinot was talking about split squads, we thought, oh, great, he's going to send the A-team to New Zealand a week early and, and you know, it'll be the best of Curry, curry Cup basically left for Australia, which, you know, is potentially good for a result, but... He's actually he has actually been smart. Like the 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 potential backline that that Jared wrote about over the last few days actually looks pretty strong, doesn't it? Yeah, look on your arm. Uh, I, I think Andre Essays was one of the best players in the English Premiership mm. for several seasons in a row. Marty Lebuck was the form player of the URC. Had a great uh, URC, yeah. Mm. Kubas Ranak has also been one of the best players in uh, when he's played in his overseas leagues. And then you have Kurtley Aronso, who's maybe one of the best players from 2022 for the box. And you have Kanan Moody, that Australian fans will remember from that night in Sydney where he plucked the ball out of the air from, uh, from uh, Marika Korabeti and just ran it unopposed. And then you have your favorite player uh, from South Africa, Spiders LaRue. So the great, it's not, really it's, Spiders it's, LaRue. It's a salty backline. It actually could be very explosive. It could also make some serious mistakes, um, and and that's mm. that's valuable for Jacques mm. and Rossi too. Is to see and Australia. Can money? Can can Kubas kick well? Can he put his uh, put his land his boxes where they're supposed to be? And can money control a game? But um, no, I mean South African soul is very traditional based. So so these guys are saying what happened in 2019. Let's replicate that in some way, but then do a little twist, which is. You know, remember the split squad stayed behind and it was a good result against the, the Wallabies then. But I think this has a little more of a spine. For example, the front yeah. row is going to be legitimate front row. And then yeah. you have 
Peter Steph Toy, you have Marco van Staden and um, Dwayne Vermeulen. I think for Dwayne, it's a big, it's a big test for for mm. for Dwayne. I think, I think there's plenty of people mm. who are saying he's maybe you know he, he could be the Skulk Brits, but he's not going to be you know playing in the the real matches. This is one where he could say, "Hey, I played here in Loftus for a long time. Yeah, let me show you what I can still do. The I, old yeah. line still has teeth." I still know a few a few things. I'll, I'll be I'll be fascinated to see what sort of team Eddie Jones runs out, and we'll see that probably Thursday. I think it's straight in time. But do you do you think it'll be a top that? Do you think it'll be his best fifteen? I, at that I think it will be. I think it will it will be as close to his best team that he can possibly assemble at this point in time. And I still think there is question marks over Samu Karevi. I think there's a massive question mark over Daniel Atupo. I, I, he, hmm. if he does play, he certainly won't start. Um, and and I actually th- I think he's a chance of playing only because the other tight head option is Zane Nongor, the, the Queensland Reds uh, tight head, who's not played a test, obviously. So I'm not a hundred percent sure that Eddie would be quite. That so... would be a hell of a debut. Let's they at Loftus against the Bucks, your first one. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he- it's a hell. Of- Pardon the pun. It's a hell of a test, Jared, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think the one saving grace uh, for him that he might get the nod if if he's coming off of the bench, he's likely to scrummage against uh, Thomas Dutoy or Trevor Inakani, and both of them are are, are swing props. So they, if he, if they play in loose head, they effectively play tight head most of their careers, uh, their yeah. club careers, and they'll be switching to loose head for that. So I think there might be a gamble there, but uh, yeah. It it mm. would be a hell of a test. Loftus if he goes is on, uh, imposing. Yeah. <laughs> if he goes on to be a great Wallaby prop, and they say, "What well, what do you remember about your first test?" and he will say, "It was at Loftus, and I drowned in the sweat of Trevor Nakano." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, and, and that what, guy sweats. And, and what a tale it would be to tell. Now <laughs> it, it will be it will be fascinating because, um, and I've written this on Tuesday for the Raw is the. The the combination factor isn't going to be there for the Wallabies. You're like you look at the, mm. the squad that he's named, and like the like back row. I use I use back row as an example. He named three Rumbies, two Rebels, two Waratahs, uh, and a Reds player. I think he named seven. Now Tom Hooper, the young Brum, Brumbies uh, back row. Mm. I don't think he's going to start with Pete Samu and and uh, and, and Rob Valentine. So they they'll have all played a little bit together, but they're not. They haven't played against with each other for six months, so I'll just be fascinated to see what sort of team he he throws together um, and how. I mean, the back fits. the back three is going to be crucial. I mean, as Jared will yeah will will, will affirm yeah. with me is uh, they're going to put a big test on high ball. There's going to be a lot of chase. Yeah. Also, going to be mm. a lot of uh, counter attacks. So, who's your back three? Who do you think Eddie names well, at fullback and the wings? Well, the the back three might actually be the one area where combination has been pretty strong and pretty consistent. Because if you think about it, it's probably Marika Corombetti, probably Tom Wright at fullback, and then it's a question at fourteen whether it's Andrew Kellaway or whether it's maybe someone like Mark Nwanginitwaze. Um, you know, I think it'll be Kellaway. I think it'll be Kellaway as well, mate. Um, and yeah. so those three, you know, Wright, Kellaway. Corbetti have have actually played a bit of rugby together. Again, it wouldn't have been for six months, but they will have a bit of combination. So you know, you know, it's it's going to be crucial. It's going to be hugely crucial. Jared does a great series. Uh, it's it's a hashtag all his own called Saffers Abroad, 
And I wonder if yeah, uh, Tom right. Wright, is, does Tom Wright have any um, familial connection with you? Uh, do, can we find no, any? No. I mean, Wright's like Jones, mate. That's yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, but, they, but Jared, found a, Jared found a connection with Josh van der Fleer, you know, the Johannesburg, um, yeah, Johannesburg yeah, Josh, yeah. yeah. So we, we find connections <laughs> where none exist. <laughs> <laughs> no, Harry. Unfortunately, this one there's there's no connection. I think I think quite a few uh, South Africans don't want that connection to be made. So, <laughs> <laughs> what, so it, speak, speaking of, isn't it, this is Tom Wright's big moment, isn't it? For I mean, you would yeah. think that if he mm. if he's going to have a real stinker, this would be an occasion where he could. But at the, on the other side, he could put his doubters uh, to rest. No. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ab and, and and after after the Super Rugby semi final. He he needs a big mm. game to be to be per perfectly honest. Mm. So oh, it'll be fascinating. It will be absolutely fascinating. Uh, South Africa v Australia um, Saturday, obviously South African time, Sunday morning Australian time, and uh, yeah, we will have instant reaction straight afterwards. From which Harry Jones, you will be at Loftus. What sort of a well, are you going to be? I, I will I will not be wearing this jersey. It looks like a bunt of well, up chuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great segue that you've launched because we are going to get into Jersey Chat now. I'll be and wearing taste, we've, tasteful green. <laughs> we've talked about we've talked about Jared's uh, lovely Asics uh, South African kit from from last year, but talk me through what you're wearing there, mate. That looks like yeah. a really bad bath curtain. I mean, look at Jared. Look at me. This is like good and bad. This is basically if you do dirty talk, <laughs> what you should not do and what you should do. I mean. I have a five X. <laughs> First of all, the size is yeah. five X. That's why I have it rolled up on the sleeves. But yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a giant jersey. Springbok looks... sevens. What were they thinking? It only lasted like, one season. That strip looks like Jackson yeah, Pollock has diarrhea. Long. <laughs> one season too long. Uh, I would. Um, it doesn't I would... even have a real beer on it. I would, I would straight away say who's responsible for that, Harry, but I kind of know the answer for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I said, got this I in said, the post. <laughs> I sent Harry a Christmas present last year and said, here, you're going to be wearing this soon. <laughs> um, on, the, on the topic of, of great ASICS jerseys, this is uh, my latest addition to the uh, NRC jersey collection, um, an inaugural Sydney Stars jersey from 2014. Mm. And from that, I can thank... Peter Playford, who was the coach of the Stars and who I got to know through the through the series. So he cleaned out the spare room a couple of weeks ago. Thanks, Pete. Good on you. But this all brings us to, uh, Jared, that, this wonderful, ongoing, still-to-be-updated guide to all the 2023 Rugby World Cup jerseys that you've popped up onto to Planet Rugby. And there is the good, the bad, and the ugly in this, isn't yeah. there? I mean, let's, uh, I mean, let's quickly whip through them because there's some – fantastic gear in here there's some absolute shockers and if we go like pool a we start with new zealand and i said at the top i don't think i can recall a reaction so negative to a rugby world cup jersey and rugby world cup jerseys are like a free hit they're almost yeah. always universally loved can you remember a reaction more negative jared I, I can't. And uh, yeah, we generally as Africans seem to forget that uh, you, you can't have the Springbok uh, logo on the jersey uh, for every World Cup. So any Springbok True. jersey generally gets backlash. But 
uh, outside of that, I, I haven't seen a reaction to a jersey as bad as this one, um, if, particularly for World Cup. There, there was the, um, I think it was the Russian jersey a few years ago that uh, was pretty much like a, a bad rainbow striped jersey all over the front. <laughs> it, it, it was horrendous, and, and that got yeah. quite a bit of backlash, but nowhere near the kind of uh, talk that the All Blacks get. And when, when yeah. ha- Harry, when you when all you can say about a jersey is that I like the collar, there's not much going for it, is there? <laughs> and it's also such an easy jersey to design. I mean, you don't have to really oh, do much. You just mm, go back through the ages and say, from? "What should an all black jersey look?" Oh, it should be all black. Yeah. Um, but mm, no, it's cool. But does it come like, blacker? They try to get too fa- <laughs> they try to get too fancy. For me, I always look at one thing, which is, does it make your forwards look fat? So. I don't like anything that makes your forwards look fat. And I think even the Argentina, Argentina always has a beautiful uh, uh, yeah. number one jersey. But they're off their diagonal one. To me, it, it highlights the love handle on Julio Montoya's side. <laughs> and it, if I were him, oh. I would say, no, no, we're not going to do this. Like, don't put it, don't put it right to the love handle. You know, just yeah. maybe up a little more. Yeah, yeah. That they've gone best of both worlds, Argentina, haven't they? The 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 sky blue and white hoops is just beautiful, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like it's been. They, they, you can't, you can't bugger that up. But the, I, I like, it, and I have to thank you, Jared, for this. The, the alternate kit has a major change as the dark blue jersey features a diagonal white stripe. The inspiration for the kit being the Granaderos, who, led by national hero Jose de San Martin, liberated the country from Spanish rule in the, in the 1800s. I mean, yeah, it's almost the perfect jersey to be wearing in France. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, it, I, I, I quite like it. I quite like yeah. that one, and uh, I have seen a few memes where um, they, 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 somebody's written over the white strap, um, the bride, uh, the bridesmaid, <laughs> <and, laughs> oh, which, which, which did ruin it a little bit. But uh, yeah. just, I, I, I thought, it, I thought it was a great jersey, and you can almost tell that when they put this jersey on and they sing their national anthem, which is pretty much. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty much based around war. The anthem, the, this yeah. uh, this jersey is just going to take it up a notch. You're, and, uh, you're right; I, it does have like a generalissimo kind of junta yeah. kind of mm. military theme. It also yeah. looks like a beauty pageant winner or loser. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does. Marcos um, Marcos Kramer would definitely lose every beauty pageant, but their backs yeah. are very very handsome. Man. <laughs> I wonder who I wonder who'd look better in it, um, Julian Montoya or, or James Slipper, or are they still one of the same? <laughs> <laughs> I still um, want them to do that. I want them to have a, a, an event at the World Cup. Maybe we'll put this on where we put the two of them together at when, the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, when Australia and Argentina play in the quarterfinal, they could they could they could swap jerseys at the end of it, and no one would notice. <laughs> uh, the this brings me to France, and before I get to France, I should actually mention that, that New Zealand have an all-white uh, alternate mm. strip, which which I actually love. It looks absolutely mm. fantastic. And yeah. like I would have thought with black, you pretty much can't bugger up white. And the French, does, it have a black, does it have a black collar or a white collar? White collar, all-white, mm, yeah. all-white. Um, the French have gone with a white alternate strip, which looks fantastic as well. But I actually love their na- it's like a navy blue um, mm. strip. With a, it's a very prominent red Lecoq, though Harry, I have to say, <laughs> I actually think for me the the early the early front runner is the French jersey. I think it's very. Classic. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I like. Great. So I, there's there's two things I actually look for. And seriously, is was does it evoke the spirit of the team? Is there some like tie to the traditions? I don't like to have too much of a jump. And then does it make your forwards look slim? Um, yeah. But 
I think I think it's a very slenderizing uh, look, and I think it's classic French. It reminds me of yeah. when I first saw French play in Newlands, mm -hmm. and I was watching Jean Pierre Reeves. That's the kind of jersey he was wearing. Very yeah. simple, very classic. I like it. Yeah, and it's and it's going to a navy jersey like they have. It's mm. just dark enough to ensure that if they do play New Zealand, they'll have to play in white. Ah, yeah. <laughs> it'll happen. It'll happen. Uh, Uruguay have gone with um there oh i've just hit play on a on a youtube clip uh, which I'm, which i'm sorry about i don't know if that, that's come through or not um, is it naughty their kit, no 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 it's it's all good their kits are uh what what color would you describe their 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 blue jared it's not quite it's not sky blue it's looking like an argentine yeah. blue but it's not royal blue either yeah yeah I I just got light blue if I would really to be yeah. nice and, and vague about it, but uh, yeah, it it looks pretty much uh, what you expect from Uruguay compared to their last yeah. World Cup, and uh, their their sun, uh, well, the the embroidery or the sun embroidery that they've done on it, it just looks fantastic. Yeah, mm, and their their alternate kit is almost like a wallaby gold. Dare I, yeah. dare I say it? But with the but with the light blue trim around neck and sleeves, uh, it actually yeah. looks really smart. I, I, I quite like the that kit. Um, and Ireland, we'll see them uh, playing that more often in the World Cup than than they true. do actually. Yeah. True. Oh uh, yeah, true. yeah. Uh, Ireland haven't actually released their kit yet, but we've seen uh, a sneak glimpse of it mm. on uh, Fashion Week uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a little while ago, and it looks yeah. I don't know. Uh, it looked like an Irish jersey. Yeah. It, well, uh, that was the whole controversy about it is that it just looks like a, a Irish jersey that you've left in the washing machine for too long. It's just I don't, I don't think color. it was helped by the fact that it was worn by a guy with a pair of jeans on and his hands in his pockets. Yeah. <laughs> just sort of, eh, I just pulled this it's, on. Yeah, that also upset some of the Irish fans. Like, what a way to release or give a sneak peek about yeah. your about your jersey, and you you stick it on the son of a former player who's at Fashion Week in Milan. Like, it's yeah, just... and and he didn't look like he was very excited about it. Yeah, no, no. he didn't even look like he didn't even look like he'd been given a free Ireland jersey. So yeah, yeah. trying to work that out. Um, Ireland haven't released theirs yet. Uh, oh, sorry, Scotland haven't released theirs yet. Um, Wales haven't done theirs yet, but it looks. Their news jersey with their sponsors and everything on it looks awfully Welsh. Tonga have gone for a a darker red, I would say, like almost a blood mm. red. And again, don't hate it. Yeah. Well, I did see a, a few comments saying it does look like a Spider Man's jersey. Like, uh, ah, yes, with yes, the, with the, with the lines with the it. Front. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's very clean. I think it's, it's decent. And for uh, I haven't really heard of this FX uh, V before. Um, no. Outside of them sponsoring Tonga, so yeah, I I think it looks decent, looks clean. Enough. If anybody's gonna wear a, a jersey and look like a superhero, you would say Tonga. It's gonna be the Tonga. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They can definitely pull it off. Um, yeah, Wales. The Wales jersey looks, I would say, a bit brighter red rather than like your traditional yeah. Welsh scarlet from mm. what we've seen. Uh, the Wallabies jersey, I I quite like it. I've got to say, mm. I, like I, what I lo I've always loved about Rugby World Cup jerseys is we go sponsor free, and it just like you just get to see the national colours, um, and I don't hate it at all. It's got some some nice um, First Nations uh, themes and, and patterns around the uh, the neck collar, particularly. Um, and there's been a few comment comments around the collar, but you know, I actually I actually quite like it. I think it looks really clean and really smart. What did what did you guys make of it? 
Well, yeah, what do you guys what do you guys think in general about collars? Do you like a collar or not? I I I do, but I gave mm. up on them 15 years ago. Mm. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I also like them, but uh, they they're not going to make a full comeback. We're not going to see every no. team coming charging out with them. And in the yeah, same way that we're not going to see cotton jerseys again, even though yeah. that's what we should yeah. be playing in. Yeah. So for me on Aussie, I always think about the color itself. I think you guys have a very interesting definition of gold. And over the years, mm. when you look at it, there's some that look a little bit more honey color. There's some that this look is a, more this is officially This is officially yeah. Wallaby Gold, um, mm. which yeah. is which is the throwback that that Asics came up with uh, last year, and it was after mm. extensive consultation to get back to what people thought of when they thought of a wallabies jersey right and what they and what they always thought of when they thought about a wallabies jersey was the 91 world cup and that was it mm. is a it is a very it is a very dark gold if that makes sense like yeah. i'm mm. absolutely wearing bright yellow here now and you've got orange on your collar harry and so right, wallaby right. gold is closer to your collar than this yellow that i'm currently wearing mm. gotcha that's yeah. the best way of describing it uh, yeah. the wallabies i've got a, a white uh, a white alternate strip which has first nations themes across the shoulders um and down the sides which looks great but they won't actually wear that they're going to wear it against portugal but that's not going to happen now so they have to have it and i think i mentioned this last week or the week before harry they have to have it on the very off chance that they meet romania i think in a quarter final <laughs> nice <laughs> put a put 100 on that one Hey Jay, yeah, what's, no. your, what's your what's your verdict on the on the Wallabies jersey? What's your overall feeling about it? Uh, do, yeah. do you know what? I, one of the big things with uh, rugby jerseys is I think uh, the the biggest thing is just getting your color right. And I think yeah. uh, with with doing that whole uh, research and that that Essex did last year, that they found out what the public believes is the right color. Whether yeah, th that's that's the main point, and they've gone and delivered it. So I think yeah. starting with the color, they got the color right. I think the the greens also quite uh, quite sharp, and I like that they've done the First Nations designs as a standard mm. across the jerseys. And you're not going to get a, a, a different yeah. jersey that's you can try to suck a bit more money out of or just wear it off in the one game in the whole year. That's so true. Yeah. That, that I really like about it. And um, I think I think the numbers too will have um, First Nations design to yes. it as well, which, yeah, which, yeah. which they used last year, I think, from memory as well. So that's that's good. I don't, mm. I don't mind that. Portugal's, um, Portugal's red strip, I absolutely love. It's got the mm. sort of sublimated ingrained checker pattern about it, and it's very like it's very. It's football. a winner. <laughs> it's but I absolutely love it. Have you seen yeah. this one, Harry? Yeah, yeah, no, I love it. That's good style. I love that. You know, I was thinking of about the on the Australian jersey. The one, the, my favorite one of of all time was that Aboriginal First Nation one uh, with yeah. the, deep, the deep patterns. And so I yeah. think I love that they brought that back. No, Portugal's a strong runner as well. I think maybe Portugal might have the the, the prettiest jersey so far. I. Mm. It's a it's a very good second to the Wallabies one. I will absolutely give you that. And and obviously, you know, our friends at Asics want us to say that. But yes, I will. I'll, <laughs> you know, what, in, so, in you fact, know Harry, what, we might even we might even pop up a, a Twitter poll, and assuming that Twitter is actually working again this week, <laughs> uh, we might put up a a Twitter poll to to see, you know, who's effectively running second to the Wallabies. Let me talk to my friend Elon, and we'll see if we can make it where we definitely the, yeah. the Asics definitely wins. We'll just yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but I, I wanted to also say that I think the Wallabies jersey looks tough. Like, I mean, physically tough. Yeah, 
Yeah. And especially when you put it on a guy like Samuel Karevi, like I, I was gonna say very hard to tackle in that thing. And it almost <laughs> evokes my favorite era of jersey was the 07 where you look like a like a coat of armor, mm. like the yeah. armor you would have underneath the, the shirt underneath the armor. And, the, and I think I think yeah. in the Japan World Cup, everyone was concerned about humidity. So they were all going so light, but now it's gonna be in the you know a little bit cooler temperature. So they're coming in mm. with this like really tough jersey. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It certainly helps when you got Samu Karevi modeling it in <laughs> right. uh, speak, Speaking of Japan's jerseys, they are how do I you guess? love that? You love that. They are exactly the same as the last three World Cups. <laughs> <laughs> you love you love the Japanese jersey though. I do. I absolutely love them, but they have gone. Look, we could come up with a new design, or we could just use last. Or they used the twenty nineteen one. They go, yeah, let's just do that. And they took the twenty nineteen folder, and it said we could use a new design, or we could just use twenty fifteen. <laughs> 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 when but, you're a good thing, you just stick to it, don't you? So, so they're not just recycling the designs for this jerseys. They've actually used old jerseys to make yes, these jerseys. I read this. Which was wow. this is also great. Yeah. So they they, they called on uh, um, fans to donate their jerseys, and they used so they the donated 2019 J- Japan Rugby World Cup jerseys, yeah. which got shredded and yeah. then made into new ones that looked exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's look, like they, a it's like a haiku. The jersey, yeah. get it right, as it, as it, it right. ever was. Recycled. The, the alternate, the alternate one is the blue. You've you did you produce a, a blue alternate jersey from twenty nineteen, Harry? No. Were there no. visions of you wearing a Japan jersey? Oh no! Wait, wait, wait! Hold on. This one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> look, there it is. So yeah. that's a jersey from what twenty? That is twenty nine. It is yeah, you're exactly right. You're right. The same. Yeah, yeah. Exactly I, thought was, the same. I thought it was the one before. Uh, they, they've messed with the gold stripes a little bit, and like just to yeah, throw you true. off a little bit. But true. that, but that's yeah. just about it. <laughs> just to make you get, make sure you go and buy a new one as well. Yeah, I mean, for a country, so, for a country that has a six thousand year old national anthem, it makes sense that they would just keep using the same jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I look, I, I look forward to, uh, I look forward to, to World Cup. 2055 or something like that we say our jersey was inspired by the pioneers of 2011 <laughs> and copied every every four years since then uh all we've got left then is samoa haven't uh, released theirs yet and nor have chile and we'll um we'll see more of those as they as they come up but yeah it's going to be fascinating as i mentioned jared has got this great guide on planet rugby so um keep an eye on that that'll be updated as we get closer to uh to the time but what do we think about new zealand's could do you think there could be change there? Are they allowed to change? They could add. They could. They could add a third could, version. Uh, yeah. yeah, which is just black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no intricate patterns and French decals and yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, like, I, it's gonna be, I don't. Gonna I be don't know if if they can, but uh, yeah, I can. I can. I cannot believe that a, a company as big as Adidas were able to stuff up a jersey that badly. Like it's it, that's that's the thing that gets sh- me. Like it should be easy, shouldn't it? It should be the yeah. easiest job in design. Yeah, like uh, like I said, I, I haven't really heard of the team that did Tonga's jersey, but if they did uh, the All Blacks jersey and came up with that, I'd be like, okay, fair play. They don't really like, they're a small company, but <laughs> but when it's added that, just keep yeah. it simple, like. Uh, yeah, France also yeah. like the the real winners um outside of Australia with uh, the, their jerseys are the guys that are going and making them based on their flag 
Uruguay did it based yeah. on their flags. Yeah. yeah. France France have also changed that they're going to wear um white shorts and red socks to represent the whole flag as a player as a Oh, yeah, right. Oh, so, I love the red socks. Tricolor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So all the teams that are really winning have based it around their flags. Obviously, flags. Uh, ho- hopefully the, uh, the Springboks aren't going to do that one and we get saying like Harry's wearing now. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll I think forward to that. We'll, I guess we'll, get, we'll get a glimpse of it on Saturday, won't we? Yeah, exactly. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What What do you think? What do you think, Jared? What What are you expecting from those that we maybe haven't seen yet? Are you expecting any surprises? Uh, In, England I, surely aren't going to bugger wide up the same way, are they? Well, Umbro's making theirs, so there's a very good chance that it could happen. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're laughing, but uh, the first yeah, no. Umbro jersey that they brought out, England fans weren't happy about it. No. So, yeah, you, you make... think white is easy, uh, it's not easy to stuff up, but uh, yeah, you watch we also try. thought blacks were, yeah, the black jerseys also aren't difficult to stuff up. But it, they always they always make the whole front row look like a bunch of marshmallows, and they look so fat. And they, <laughs> they squeeze into that white, white, white. So like, I like, tight. I like that theory. I like that theory, Harry. It doesn't make forwards look fat. It's it's <laughs> it's pretty much perfect. It's pretty much perfect. You can find uh, you can find Jared on the socials. You can find him on Planet Rugby. It's been great to have him on the Raw Rugby podcast this week, mate. Thanks so much for finding some time for us. Best of luck this weekend coming. Not too much. But best of luck regardless. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jen. So it was great, uh, great to be on. And uh, yeah, we will enjoy the rugby this weekend. We will indeed, mate. We'll do this again before the year's out, I'm sure. Good fun, but sure. Come back. The Roar. Harry, fantastic to have Jared Wright on the pod. We, uh, as I mentioned at the top, we he was supposed to come on with Tala and Tusu at the end of last yeah. year. We, had, we were going to have a proper rugby bits cross with the Roar, weren't we? But we weren't. Weren't able to do it, but that was fantastic. Uh, Jersey chat. Uh, we're gonna have to do that more often. We're gonna have to make that an annual thing. Jared's yeah, definitely. Jared's a good boy. He's he's forgotten more about rugby than people even know. You know, he's, yeah. he's just encyclopedia, and he knows a lot about, like you said, a lot of different countries. So good to have him on. No, I think yeah. I think uh, the biggest uh, breaking news he he laid on us was the red socks of the French. I'm really all oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. We're putting a pin in that. We've got to do sock talk on the way of the road to to Rugby World Cup. We've definitely got to do that. <laughs> We'll make a point of that. Um, as we mentioned uh, earlier, wasn't a lot of rugby played across the weekend. In fact, just two games, the conference finals in Major League Rugby, the New England Free Jacks beat Old Glory DC in the Eastern Conference Final 25-7, uh, and then San Diego Legion 32 beat Seattle Seawolves uh, 10. So that sets up. A championship final um, between those two sides next weekend. I think it is. That's that's right, isn't it? Yeah, for me, the whole season, uh, San Diego has looked the best. And so I'll just stay on that yeah. train. We'll see what happens. But they, have a, they play a very very nice style of rugby you would like to watch. And and as Jared mentioned, Ma Nonu still getting around at 41. I mean, he's going full <laughs> Jimmy Anderson, isn't he? He's just... Just I don't care if he's 41. Would you would you enjoy tackling Man No. no. It's like no. would you fight Mike Tyson at 55? No, nothing. No, yeah. no. Even if he's coming at you slower, he's still coming <laughs> at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit of news from the last seven days. Uh a th- follow-on from last week. Anton Lynnett Brown was indeed suspended for three weeks, and that was indeed worked down from six weeks as we suspected that would be the case um on the urc front and particularly the italian versions of the urc 
Zebra Palmer have released a new logo, which looks fantastic. <laughs> but I've got to say, mate, it looks a bit like Marty the Zebra from, from Madagascar. And I will pop <laughs> that up on the socials as well, because yes. once you see them together, you can't unsee it. Definitely. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> looks very, very similar. The Crusaders, uh, fresh from yet another bloody Super Rugby title, um, will embark on their first ever international tour. They announced last Thursday that they'll play Munster on uh, Saturday, February 3, and Bristol Bears on Friday the 9th of February next year. It's be the first time they've played in Europe since 2011 when they hosted the Sharks at Twickenham, and that was obviously fallout of the, the 2011 earthquakes in Christchurch. Munster are already dubbing the February 3 clash Clash of the Champions. Which is <laughs> nice. the first chance we get for a, a, a inter-hemisphere or cross-hemisphere championship game. So I'm all about it. Thing? Promote. So we need promotion in our game. We need people to care about everything we do. So good, yeah. good on them. Good on, good on, good on Munster. Good on yeah. Uh, Michael, we'll start seeing more and more Rugby World Cup um, news and squads and things like that. Michael Checker has named an extended 48-man Los Pumas squad for uh, for the Rugby Championship, but also for the Rugby World Cup. Um, and it will be fascinating to see what sort of team lands uh, in Sydney in a week and a half because that's they're playing playing the Wallabies at, um, in, in Sydney for the second round. Uh, and the All Blacks have, are already in Argentina for their rugby championship opener next weekend, but they've gone without the informed Crusaders duo of Lester Fanganuku and Will Jordan. Um, Fanganuku is still suffering from a bit of a calf issue, and Will Jordan, worryingly, has been left home as he's still suffering from, quote, a migrainous con condition, which is as I say, really worrying considering he missed a good chunk of the start of Super Rugby because of, you know, ongoing issues there. So that's that's a bit concerning, isn't it? Yeah, and several players like Pat Lambie, um, Courtney Laws um, yeah. have had that kind of thing and it really stays with you quite a long time. I think Ben Smith did the same thing. So yeah, I'm really happy that they're treating it uh, differently than they would have in uh, times, times gone by. Yeah, quite true. So, mate, that is us done for this episode 69 of the Raw Rugby Podcast, our first powered by ASICs. Don't forget, Harry and I are both on the socials when Twitter's working okay. Uh, more ratings and reviews still flooding in. Again, if your pod platform allows it, please do leave one. We love seeing them, uh, and we will read them out when they when they drop in. Uh, please do like, follow, subscribe uh, on your pod platforms as well. You'll make sure that we see every new episode, particularly as they go live, particularly now that we're dropping instant reactions after every test match as well. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay and Harry Jones, every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite international rugby analysis, opinions and conversations. And do keep an eye on the site from this Thursday as we launch our quest to name the Raw's greatest ever Wallabies Rugby World Cup 15, all thanks to ASICs the official performance apparel and footwear partner of the Wallabies. Thanks so much for listening. We're back in your ears this coming Sunday morning with the first international instant reaction of the year following South Africa v Australia at Loftus and with a very special guest joining Harry at the ground in Pretoria. Come perform with us. Ha, ha, ha.